can we just go home now? Please? I have to speak about something I don't want to speak about, and I've been fighting it all week. In fact, I've been praying to the Lord. Can you just make something happen so I have to speak on something different on Sunday? And I'll just make it up as I go along, Lord. Just, I don't want to have to speak on the power of the tongue. So, he didn't let me out of it. And we're gonna go for it. We're gonna be in James chapter three. But I want you to know that um, we're all in this together. And um, everything that I say is aimed at me probably more than anyone else. Um, We're gonna start with this verse that's not in the book of James, it's a proverb. And can't we all testify to this, that the tongue can bring life or death? In fact, some of your translation says the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Oh, Lord, help us all. Um, How many times have you... I mean, have you been here where you just like wish you could take back the thing you just said? How many times have you been there? Like, can I hit the rewind button right now and just like pull back everything? Have you ever been where you're like saying something and as you're saying it, you're like in slow motion, your mouth is talking in real time, but in slow motion, your, your brain is going, no, pull those back. Have you ever been there? I mean, how many, okay, I'm not gonna ask you, have you ever been there? I, the, the question is, how many times have you been there? Because I've been there a lot. Times when you wish you could just start over because what came out of your mouth you didn't intend to come out of your mouth, right? But how many times have you wished you could start over because what you was coming out of your mouth is what you intended to come out of your mouth? And yet in real time, you realize how much damage what is coming out of your mouth is actually actually doing. How many times have you said, I've never intended to inflict that kind of pain and suffering, never meant to unleash all of that hateful speech and all the hurt feelings that I caused by what I just said? I didn't know, I didn't know how much damage I would have caused when all of that flew out of my mouth in that fit of rage that I was in or under the influence of that really strong caffeine. That doesn't happen to you? You haven't had to be going like a caffeine diet for a while? Oh, come on. You, how many of you drink bang drinks? Don't, don't raise your hand. I'm just, I'm, I'm just talking, you know, like... 
you know, the five-hour things, you know, these like power beans and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes you get so hopped up on caffeine that you're like, I can't believe I'm saying this and I can't stop from saying it. Something's controlling me right now. Well, that's true. And we're going to talk about that. <laughs> or, you know, you ought to try to be a pastor and go visit people in the hospital just before surgery or just when they come out of surgery. And they're under, they're under the sweet meds that they give you before you go in to relax you. <laughs> Some people have said things that they don't even remember, but their family members remember. And they say, some people have said things to me just before going into surgery and they remember when they wake up and they're mortified. <laughs> they can't even look at me the next time I see them because I can't believe I just said that to you in the middle of that. You know, how many times have we been there where we just wish we hadn't said what we said? How about this? Have you ever caught yourself saying, man, I can understand somebody thinking that, but I can't believe they actually said it. You ever been there? Okay, well, how many times have you done that about yourself? Man, I, I can't believe, I, I, I can't help but think it, but I can't believe I actually said it. And you're devastated by that, and you ask yourself the question, where did that come from? Why did I let that come out of my mouth? And how many times do we sit after all the emotion calms down and observe all the dead bodies laying around us and all of the carnage caused by our hateful, hurtful, devastating, destructive words and wish we could have a do-over? You see why I don't want to talk about this subject today? Um, I have a problem. And James is going to tell us that we all have a problem um, with our tongue. One old Greek philosopher named Publius Cyrus once said, I often regret that I have spoken, but never that I have been silent. I heard a story about over in England, there's a remote corner of an old church graveyard and a headstone stands there that reads, beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. <laughs> Some of you are like, ah, I get it. Oh, that we could learn, my friends, oh. The cry of my heart is that we could learn to hold our tongue before we get put into the ground. Um, can't we all testify of the blessing and the curse of the power of the tongue? And that's what we're going to be, that's the, the sermon title, and that's what James wants to talk to us about today, is the power of the tongue. And we're going to jump right in right now because he wants us to know the first point on your outline is that your tongue, though small, has the power to steer the direction of your life. We've got to get a hold of our tongues and we've got to get a hold of 
this topic here that we're talking about because our tongues are, though they're small, are incredibly powerful. He gives us an illustration of what he means by the fact that your tongue will steer the direction of your life in verse three. So let's start with verse three. We're gonna jump back to verse one in just a little bit, but verse three of James chapter three, his illustration is we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And here's the key words, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. And what he's saying here is just as the bit in the horse's mouth turns this huge animal, I mean, you've got this thousand pound animal and you could take a small hundred pound girl and put put her on the back of this animal and just with the slightest, no effort at all, she can control this mammoth, powerful animal and make it go wherever she wants it to just because of this little small bit in in its mouth. And just in the same way that a pilot can take this giant ship, in fact, I I did some research on this and, and started looking at the anatomy of some of these giant cruisers these multi-story cruise ships, and the size of the rudder compared to the dynamics of the ship is so small in comparison. And yet that pilot, the scripture says, and James totally gets this. I mean, this is James here. You know, he's not writing. This isn't somebody who wrote it last week. This is James who understood that even in his day, there were these great ships that this little tiny rudder, though though the ship is going strong against the winds and the winds are coming, that pilot can make that ship go wherever he wants. And in the very same way as it happens with the horse and with the ship, your tongue will determine the course of your life. Just like the bit determines the course of the horse and the rudder, the course of this great ship, your tongue will determine the course of your life and steer the direction of your life. Many of you know exactly what I'm talking about and know exactly what James is talking about here. Because some of our lives, Some of our lives took a drastic left turn somewhere back here because of the words that came out of our mouth, because of careless things that were spoken in the height of an emotional setting. Some of our lifelong friendships have been permanently broken, permanently scarred, permanently severed because of words that have come out of our mouths and because of an argument that has gone unresolved. We can say words right now that can ruin our reputation, ruin our very lives. Did you know that you could ruin this service right now? Somebody could stand up and with their mouth ruin the spirit of what's happening here right now and ruin the entire service. 
Somebody could stand up and go, fire! Somebody could run in the back and go, fire! And then softly say, just kidding, as everyone's running for the doors. Our mouths, I mean, just a word, just a word, can totally change the course of your life. I can say words right now in this sermon that could be misunderstood, that can be mistaken, that will hinder my ability to be a shepherd to you and a pastor to you because of words that I say that maybe I haven't thought through carefully enough and it hurts you somehow. And Proverbs 21, 23 says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. <laughs> I think it was Abraham Lincoln who is credited for saying, keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool, open it and remove all doubt. There's one for the kitchen wall, right? There's one for the refrigerator. Put that up somewhere. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. That's God putting that in his word. A bit of wisdom for today. Our tongues may be small, but they're powerful. And your tongue will not only steer the direction of your life, but if you're not careful your tongue will actually steer the direction of other people's lives. That's why he starts the chapter with verse one and two. Look at it with me. When he says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. What James is saying here to these believers, these new believers, these are new believers in the new church of Jesus Christ, stop clamoring for the teaching office in the church. If you read the original language in this, that is exactly what he's saying. Stop clamoring, stop trying to elbow your way into the teaching position. Well, why, James? Because those who teach are gonna be judged more strictly than everyone else. Well, why is that? First of all, because the teacher is responsible to teach truth over opinion. My job is not to, and sometimes I'll say to you, I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is what God is telling us. It's very wrong for me to come in here or for any other teacher to stand before people just to give their opinion on the world or on the state of the world or on the state of your life. We are supposed to be, especially those of us in the church, the teachers in the church are supposed to stand up, preach the truth, let the Holy Spirit work, and try to keep our opinions out of it. In fact, almost every time I've gotten in trouble, it's when I have gone off the rail of truth just to give my slant on it. And that's when I tend to get in trouble. <laughs> and I put one in here. I don't know if this will offend you or not. 
but the quote of the night from the vice presidential debate was, ma'am, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you are not entitled to your own facts. How powerful is that statement? And that's what we're talking about here. Don't clamor for the teaching position because you're going to be held to a stricter judgment for what you say than everybody else because you're required to bring the truth and not your opinion. Here's another reason. Because what a teacher says affects many listeners. Assuming you're teaching, you're not teaching to a wall somewhere, you're teaching people. And don't you know that the truth that has been spoken into you whenever you teach it to other people, it's supposed to affect their lives. In fact, aren't you supposed to trust the teacher? Yes. Only one person thinks that. Aren't you supposed to, when you send your kids to school, aren't you assuming the teacher's gonna teach them truth? It's an assumption. When you come to church and you listen to me, aren't you assuming I'm gonna teach you truth and not try to lead you astray? And I'm not gonna lie to your face? We're in a crisis in our world. People will look you straight in the eye and with such sincerity in their face tell you a lie and they know they're lying to you. In fact, we're so messed up worldwide, we don't know how to make judgments on how to live because we don't know who's telling us the truth. Don't start looking for the teaching position unless you're going to teach the truth because what you say, people are going to assume is true and they're going to adjust their lives accordingly. And you're gonna pay for that if you lead them down the wrong path. Christians, my friends, my brothers and sisters, we are told in the scriptures everywhere that we are to be people of the truth because we serve and possess the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All truth starts and ends with Jesus. And we possess the Holy Spirit of God. And so we are people of truth, and you're supposed to use your mouths to speak truth and life, not lies, which is of the devil. Let's stand up. Let's be the people God's called us to be and be people of truth. Here's another reason why you shouldn't clamor for the teaching position because the teacher is expected to live what he teaches. We have a crisis of that in our nation right now. One author I read this week said this about this. The true test of a teacher and he was talking about pastors at this point. The true test of a teacher is not what he says about how to live, get this now, but what his family says about how he lives. 
The extent of a pastor's ministry is not the size of his church, but the depth of his home. That's convicting. It's not how many people are swayed by his word, but the lives that are shaped under his roof. Do you know that almost every week, <laughs> I don't know if you want to know this stuff or not, almost every week I want to quit. <laughs> because I, it's hard to know what to say and what not to say. And I know you're watching my life. And so I'm preaching, I'm working on the sermon, and the whole time I'm working on it, the Holy Spirit is just pounding me, pounding me. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm so broken on this. How can I get up and speak on it? And they all know that I have a problem. They've seen me. Some of you have been on the hurt side of me. Because I have said things that are hateful. I have said things when I'm angry. I have, I have reacted in a way that is unrighteous at times. Yes, in church stuff. Some of you who are closest to me have given me such great grace over the years. And what I want to say is that, and what James wants us to know, is that you got to be really careful with what you say, especially if you're a teacher. Because it will change the course of your life, and it will also, the words you use changes the course of other people's lives. Huge responsibility. Um, this warning is especially appropriate for those of you who are young in the faith. In fact, elders aren't supposed to be called to the elder position if they're young in the faith. They need to grow up in the faith first because of the responsibility that is theirs before God. The advice is take a long time to listen and learn before you begin to teach. In fact, Chapter one, verse 19, he said, we all, all of us need to be quick to hear and slow to speak. You know, verse two says, we all stumble in this and we all make mistakes. This is not a localized problem, this is a universal problem. We are all broken and we all need help with this. You know, Peter, Peter is known for sticking his foot in his mouth. Peter is known for blurting out and like he actually remember the time when he rebuked Jesus Jesus says I'm gonna go and give my life no you're not no you're not and Jesus looks at him and says Peter get behind me Satan now, that's a big deal right there I mean how horrible to think that your mouth could be used as a tool of Satan we're gonna see that in a second here remember James and John 
People rejected Jesus' message. He's like, should we call down fire? I mean, that's where they got the whole, you know, you're the sons of thunder. Ooh, the sons of thunder. Look out, here comes James and John. They're gonna call down fire on you, you know. Jesus rebuked them for that. You know, sometimes we say, we're all broken in this and we all need help. We all stumble, James says. But if we control it, it would be awesome, right? If we could control it, but we can't. So he says, go slow in the teaching world. And don't clamor for that position because your tongue is powerful. Here's the second thing. Your tongue has the power, he wants us to know, to destroy everything around you. <clears throat> Anybody encouraged yet? Are you encouraged? Yeah, yeah, yeah great. It's just gonna get worse, all right? So just hang on. We'll bring, we'll bring, <laughs> we'll bring the joy at the end, all right? But um, look at verse five. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. This is horrible. Proverbs 13, 3 says, those who control their tongue will have a long life, actually will save their life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. How many people let their mouths destroy their career, destroy their marriage, destroy their friendships, destroy their reputation? Did you know that some people have opened their mouths and destroyed entire congregations of churches? I've experienced that. Proverbs 18, 21 says, you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. You and I have in our mouths the power. We actually have the secret of unity within the body of Jesus Christ. But we also have sufficient fuel to burn it to the ground. I read this this week, fire under control can provide light, warmth, and comfort. True, right? We've all experienced that. Nice campfire, a nice warm, cozy fire in the wintertime. But fire out of control will devastatingly destroy all that you hold dear, all that you have, everything and everyone around you. Verse six, it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. What a horrifying thought that my mouth can be used as a tool of the devil to accomplish his will on earth to kill and destroy. That's not supposed to be for a believer in Jesus Christ. It's capable, James says, of becoming a tool of great sin and wickedness. And if not tamed, our tongues will backbite, gossip, slander, lie, deceive, curse, boast, ridicule, bear false witness, complain, exaggerate, tell dirty jokes, flatter, find fault in others, mock, defame, judge, and criti criticize, just to name a few.
But look at what James says in verse seven. It gets worse. The news gets worse. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. I mean, what are we, we're going to the zoo now? Or we're going, actually, we're going to the circus now. We've seen it, right? Men can tame all kinds of wild beasts. It's been done. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Your tongue, my friends, and mine is an untamable beast. I'm not making this up. I didn't say it. The Bible says no one can tame it. And you're saying right now, well, that's a big fat comfort. Why are we talking about this? We're hopeless. We're doomed. Right? That's how I feel. (laughs) Whenever you tell me your tongue is wicked, it's a fire, and it's burning you up, and it's burning up your life, and it will burn up everyone around you. And by the way, no one can tame it. You know what? The ESV, if you have the ESV version, this is what it says. No human being. And that is the perfect translation of what James is saying here. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that the no one doesn't mean in the universe. I'm so thankful that the literal Greek translation is No human being can do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. No person on the planet can do it. But somebody can, and praise God, he can. And Jesus said this in Matthew 19, 26, with man it is impossible. But with God, you say it with me, all things are possible. Hallelujah for that truth. Hallelujah, shout hallelujah that God can do things that you cannot do. You can't come to God on your own. You can't find salvation on your own. You are doomed for a Christless, godless, heavenless, hell-bound eternity on your own. You cannot change that. Somebody has to do it for you, and no person on earth can sacrifice for you except Jesus Christ. God the Father loved you and sent his son Jesus, and Jesus gave his life for you so that you can have eternal life, so that you can find salvation. Because without it and without the shedding of his blood, you cannot find forgiveness for your sin. With you, it's impossible. In fact, the Bible says there's no righteousness in you. You can't do anything that amounts to anything of righteousness and holiness in God's standard before God without God doing a work inside of you to create something to happen inside of you that will come out in righteousness you cannot do it your salvation is by grace we we learned through faith and that faith isn't even yours that you have to exercise to believe the holy spirit gives you that faith and so all of salvation is none of you it's all of god aren't you glad we have a god who can do things in our lives that man cannot do and here's the truth of today no one You can't tame your tongue. No one can make you tame your tongue. Your mother can't wash your mouth out with soap enough to tame your tongue. 
but God can. Let's look at the final thing here, and it's going to help us come to the conclusion on this. Um, the tongue has the power to reveal the real you. Yeah, hang on, because we've got one more bad level to go to. Verse 9, sometimes it, and he's talking about the tongue, sometimes the tongue praises our Lord and Father. We did that this morning, gloriously. And sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? The answer is no. no. Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? The answer is no. no. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. I want to take you to Jesus' words on this because Jesus talks about this, what James is trying to push into us, that your tongue is, has the power to reveal the real you, okay? Look at Matthew 15, 11. You can go there in your Bibles or I'll have it on the screen. We're gonna see 11 and then verse 18 and 19. This is what Jesus says on this topic. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. The words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Do you see? Do you see that your mouth, the power of your tongue, reveals who you are? James is saying, whatever is in the mountain comes out of the mountain, comes out of the spring. So only what's in the mountain is what's gonna come out of the mountain. Whatever is in the tree comes out in the fruit on the tree. Whatever is in my heart comes out of my mouth. So give your tongue a break. Chuck Swindoll, I love this, he says, the tongue is the neutral messenger boy that carries the words up from the heart. It's the bucket that goes down into the well and dips what is there and then dumps out of the mouth what it picks up down there. And James is teaching us that good and bad should not be coming out of the same mouth. The same mouth that praises God and curses my brother that's not right. Because you can't separate your relationship with God and your relationship with people. And here's what I mean by that. You cannot stand here on Sunday morning and come week after week and lift high the name of Jesus and then turn around and mock or slander your brother in Jesus Christ. And here's why. You can't separate the two because the God that you worshiped this morning is the God that is inside your brother. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And so your brother and sister in Christ possess the Holy Spirit of God. And so it's totally ridiculous to think that you can stand here with all sincerity and praise your Father in heaven and curse your brother who possesses the Father in heaven. 
inside of him. You're unsaved, brothers and sisters out there in the world. You're unsaved, the unsaved people in the world. How can you think that it's okay to come to church and lift high the name of God and then curse and slander the people that are made in his image? The people that he sent his son to die for because he loves them with all of his heart. See, it's not supposed to be. That's why James says, this, this is not the way of it. This is not the way it's supposed to be. You can't have cursing and blessing coming out of the same mouth. There's something very wrong if you do that. We're broken people. But it goes beyond that. If your mouth is a slanderous mouth, and I... I'm in this with you, right? I'm just gonna remind you, okay, I'm not preaching at you. But look at Luke chapter six, verse 44, and what Jesus says about this. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. You ready? You braced? The good man brings the good things out of the good, say the next words with me, stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil, say it again, stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Do you, do you see what Jesus is saying? What comes out of you is not just, well, it just comes out of me. No, it is what you have been storing up inside of you. That's going too far, Phil. Come on, bro. You just crossed the line. I mean, my line was here, and you just crossed it. I'm not going to let What's pouring forth from your mouth is a result of what you're storing up inside your heart. And if you've got good coming out, it's because you're storing up the good. And that's awesome. That means you're growing in the Lord. But if you're spewing hateful speech, critical speech, degrading speech, and everyone around you, there's carnage laying all around you, it's because... You're storing up bad things in your heart. You're holding bitterness, anger, whatever it is, and you're storing it, and you're, you're, it's your little pet in there, and it comes flying out. My deeper problem isn't my tongue, it's my heart. And in similar fashion to what we talked about last week where our good deeds are evidence of a real, genuine faith, James is telling us in this passage, our words give us and all of those around us a glimpse of, and in most of our cases, a full picture of what is in our hearts and who we truly are and reveals the real us. So, okay, so we're helpless 
and it's hopeless. So God bless you as you go and try to deal with this for the rest of the day. You know, so what's the fix, Phil? Are you gonna give us a fix? Yes, I have a fix for you, okay? Are you ready? Okay, get ready. This is very profound. The fix is we need to use the same mouth that God has given to us that expresses our heart to ask God for help. Because you can't do it. With human beings, it's impossible, and no one can do it for you. God has to help you, so start using your mouth to ask God for help. Start with confession. Confess with your mouth. You know that that's how you come to Jesus? You humbly use your mouth to express what's in your heart. And you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can go to God today and confess your sin of a foul mouth and find forgiveness. Use your mouth to confess the sins of your mouth, which are the sins of your heart. And he says, if you will confess your sin, I will be faithful and just and I will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Some of us need to get on our knees. Some of you may need to just come forward today and get right here and say, God, I'm making a change. It is wrong for me to have the kind of mouth that I have. I need a change of heart and confess your sin before the Lord. Some of us need to take our mouths. The same mouth that destroyed relationships and go back and confess to those relationships that we've destroyed and ask for forgiveness for the hurt that we have caused. Some of you need to make a phone call today. Soon as the service is over and say, brother, sister, I've hurt you and I have sinned against you and the Holy Spirit revealed that to me today and I just want to ask for your forgiveness. Do you know that most people in this world will not be able to turn you down? Most people in this world, not everybody, but my experience is the majority of people that I have gone to and asked for forgiveness have said, of course I'll forgive you. And you know why? Because they know how broken they are. And they know how many times they've hurt people. And forgiven people, forgive people. Here's another thing. You need to, with your mouth, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart. Psalm 139, 23, David says, search me, O God, and know my heart, and see if there is any offensive way in me. Can I tell you something? When you pray that prayer, he'll never not answer your prayer. He'll answer that prayer every single time. You go before the Holy Spirit and you sit before him and you say, Lord, search my heart and know my heart and see if there's any offensive way. If there is, the Holy Spirit is totally happy to point that out. Totally happy to say, well, here it is. And your mind will know it. And then you gotta do something with it. 
Here's another thing. Use your mouth to ask the Holy Spirit to change you. David wrote this in Psalm 51.10. Create in me a pure heart, O God. That's the work God does. He can only do that work. You can't do that work. No one else can do that work for you. No one else can play the Holy Spirit in your life. Only God can. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. You see, we're all like Paul in Romans 7 when he said, I know the good that I want to do. I just can't do it. I know I don't want to say these hurtful things, but I keep saying it, so God, help me. Holy Spirit, create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And when you ask the Holy Spirit to help you, he will come and help you. And then use your tongue to ask the Holy Spirit to manage your mouth and to help you be more like Jesus. Psalm 143 Three, or 141 3 says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep a watch over the doors of my lips. Ask the Holy Spirit to put a guard over your mouth. Ask Him to help you be more like Jesus. <laughs> Only Jesus would say this Luke 6 28. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. You do know that both of those things come from the mouth. The evidence that you are maturing in your walk with God, the evidence that you are being more and more filled by the Holy Spirit and Him in control of your life is that you have a control of your tongue and growing in that on a regular, consistent basis. <sighs> Let's stand and let this verse in Psalm 19:14 be our closing prayer. Let the words of my mouth And the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We need your help, Lord, with this. So help us to submit our hearts and our tongues to the power of your Holy Spirit. So that we can be mature and that we might grow in righteousness that will be shown on the outside because our inside is being cleaned up and renewed every day. I just want to say that um, we can be honest in this place. And this is a place where you can come to the front here and ask for help. If you're online, you can reach out to our prayer team online and say, I just need help on this. I just need somebody to help me. I just need to pray. So we're wide open to that. But I want to say this. One of the reasons you may be struggling at the level that you're struggling is because you don't 
have new life in Jesus Christ. You can't produce righteousness on your own without the help of the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you get the Holy Spirit at salvation. And if you don't know the Lord today, and that's obvious in your own heart and mind, I would love to, because please come to the front today. If you're watching online and you know you don't know the Lord, reach out to us and we can help you. We want you to know the Lord. Because in Jesus Christ, the old passes away and we become new in him. So help us with this, Lord. Help us as we go out to shine your light through the words that we say. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Everybody say with me. Amen, amen. God bless you as you go. Share some love with each other on the way out, okay? You're dismissed.